0: Welcome to Farm to Stable, a science-based equine nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nettie Leibert. I'm a lifelong horse person and professional equine nutritionist, with the goal of helping horses and their humans create balanced diets to set them up for success, no matter what age, discipline, or circumstance. Disclaimer, the information discussed here is based on current scientific research and is for educational purposes only. Every horse's individual needs vary. This is not a substitute for veterinary medicine or nutrition consultation. Welcome to another episode of Farm to Stable, and equine nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nettie Liebert. And this month, I'm focusing on feed myths. And by that, I mean maybe some common misconceptions you heard about feeding horses or some things you just may have heard around the barn that just simply aren't true. Now, a lot of feed myths are rooted in the days before equine nutrition really got a lot of attention and a lot of research. And a lot of those myths still abound. And I'll hear them from everywhere, from horse owners, from veterinarians, from trainers. But we're working on we, meaning the equine nutritionists of the world, really trying to break down some of these myths and talk about what the facts are. So that's why we're here. And this time around, I want to talk about a few different ingredients that you might hear about. The first one being wheat middlings or wheat mids. Now, there is a common misconception that wheat mids are, quote, floor sweepings or cheap filler or just stuff that gets put into horse feed to add bulk or to add weight to it. So that's not true at all. None of that is true. And in fact, if you're wondering what exactly wheat middlings are, wheat mids are the byproduct of the wheat flour milling industry. Now, I know some of you just heard that word byproduct and you immediately shut down, but byproduct is not a dirty word. A lot of things are byproducts in the foods we eat. And again, it's not necessarily bad. Wheat mids are the fine particles of wheat bran, wheat shorts, wheat germ, wheat flour. And believe it or not, wheat mids are actually a pretty decent source of energy on the average of about a thousand calories per pound. And they contain about 15% protein. So it's not necessarily as high a quality of protein as something like soy would be, but it does contribute some protein to the diet. It's also rich in B vitamins like niacin, vitamin B1, and some minerals, phosphorus in particular, and it's got some iron as well. So it is not just stuff to add to a bag of feed, For a filler, it actually has nutritive and energetic value. And not for nothing, wheat mids contain just enough starch to make a really good pellet. You can use what's called a pellet binder to make a pellet stick together in the manufacturing process. And again, there's nothing wrong with one of these, but wheat mids does that naturally, depending on the formula, of course. Wheat mids can actually be very useful for helping a pellet stick together so that when you open your bag of feed, you don't have a bunch of dust in the bag. So hopefully I've shed some light on some of the good things (laughs) that are wheat mids. Now, another ingredient that sometimes gets a bad rap is beet pulp. Now, I love beet pulp, and I think it has wide applications for many, many horses. And in fact, it used to be a joke around my colleagues Whenever it would come up, because I would always say, hey, just add some beet pulp to it. So there are a couple of myths about beet pulp. One, because it is, a, again, a byproduct of the sugar beet industry, there's the notion that beet pulp shreds are high in sugar. In fact, the complete opposite is true. Beet pulp, the shreds or, you know, the beet pulp pellets, most of the sugar has basically been stripped away. And what's left is fiber when the horse eats beet pulp, it's what we call a digestible fiber. And actually, it feeds the microbes in the hindgut. So the horse himself doesn't really digest it all that well, but the microbes in the hindgut do. And a byproduct of that microbial digestion are things like volatile fatty acids. And if you're like, volatile what? Basically, volatile fatty acids can be turned into energy in the body. In addition, when the microbes in the hindgut go to work, they will produce things like B vitamins and they help support the immune system. Something like 80% of the horse's immune system comes from the gut. So when you have a healthy microbiome, chances are you have a fairly or at least well-supported immune system. Beet pulp has a lot of other applications aside from a feed ingredient. I feed it to my own horse soaked. He gets a lunch every day for it. And you can feed it to help weight gain, to help water intake as a partial forage replacer and as a low carbohydrate source of energy. And by low carbohydrate, I mean low NSC, low non-structural carbohydrate source of energy. That's again, fiber-based. Also good for horses that don't have any teeth and you're trying to get fiber into them. Not a total forage replacer, but can be part of a regimen. But I digress. So we talked about wheat mids, We talked about beet pulp next one I want to talk about is wheat bran. Uh Uh-oh, we're bookending here. So wheat bran specifically. Now, this is sometimes a feed ingredient. Sometimes if you go to the barn on a cold winter's day, on the weekend, and the barn manager says, I'm going to bran mash all the horses. Once a week we do it. And then what happens? The horses probably have some loose stools or maybe some diarrhea, and they say, see, it has a laxative effect. Absolutely wrong. A horse would have to eat more bran than they could physically consume to actually have a laxative effect. So if one is feeding a bran mash to their horse, not regularly, and you're feeding a good amount of it, and then you observe some digestive upset or some loose stool, that loose stool is probably a result of digestive upset rather than a quote-unquote laxative effect of the bran. So Bran itself, again, your horse would have to eat so much of it, and I really hope you're not feeding that much. You're not, because it would probably be more than he could actually consume. Now, that said, should you not feed Bran? Is it bad? No, of course not. But as with anything, if you want to feed it to your horse, it should be done as part of his regular diet. The asterisk here, Bran has what's known as a reverse calcium to phosphorus ratio, So what that means is that it contains more phosphorus than calcium. Why do I mention this? Because in the diet, you want to feed at the very least the same amount of calcium and phosphorus. Ideally, in an adult mature horse, you're looking at one and a half to two times the amount of calcium compared to phosphorus. Why is that? If you feed that ratio the other way and you're feeding more phosphorus than you are calcium, You're going to affect calcium absorption. You're going to affect bone metabolism. And even in adult mature horses, you can end up uh, with something called big head syndrome or some problems with bone metabolism. Now, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to take all the bran out of my horse's diet. No, you don't. You just have to balance it. So one thing you could balance it with is, uh uh-oh, beet pulp. Yeah, because beet pulp is very high in calcium. And if that's not the way you want to go, a flake of alfalfa, a ration balancer. It's general terms, but again, you won't really know exactly if it's balanced unless you have a nutritionist balance your horse's diet. But in general, yes, if you are adding bran to your horse's diet, you want to make sure that you also have a good calcium source as well. I think I want to touch on one more. It's a hot topic in some very small circles. And this last one I want to talk about is soy. Now, you might say, what? I've never heard of a myth about soy. And others of you might have your blood pressure starting to go up. There are so many myths around soy. For example, it'll cause your stallion to act like a mayor. It's inflammatory. It's full of pesticides. It's anti-nutritional. It triggers allergies, which is incredibly rare. I could go on. I have heard it. I have heard people loudly protest or loudly proclaim that these things are true. And in fact... Scientifically, they are absolutely not true. If you're not familiar with the myth of soy causing a stallion to act like a mare, soy contains what's called phytoestrogens, meaning plant estrogens. Estrogen is the female sex hormone. In horses, yes, a lot more research is definitely needed. But guess what else contains phytoestrogens? Alfalfa, certain grains certain other legumes peas peas are legumes so you kind of see where i'm going here there was a really great infographic published by penn state extension in cooperation with uh, university of florida extension and others about soy so phytoestrogens again they're present in many plants including soybeans And again, some horse owners are concerned about how those phytoestrogens impact reproduction. Based on the research that we have, there is no evidence that phytoestrogens in the horse diet are having a negative impact on reproductive performance for mares or stallions. Yes, we need more research, but to date, there is no evidence of any reproductive problems in horses. So sleep easy tonight. I'm going to cover allergies or food allergies in horses in another podcast, but suffice to say, they're very, very rare in horses. You cannot determine them by a blood test. Soy allergies are rare in horses. Do they exist? It is entirely possible. And we're going to talk about that again in another podcast and how to go about trying to ascertain if your horse truly has a food allergy. Other things you get from soy. Hulls, we've talked about that previously and how really great a fiber source soybean hulls are. Again, it's also a key ingredient in a lot of manufactured feeds. The oil extracted from soybeans is a great fat source. And the meal is a really high quality protein, meaning soybean meal contains those essential amino acids that the body cannot manufacture and has to take in via the diet. So what else? Soy is inflammatory. No, it's not. In fact, research shows it's actually anti-inflammatory when consumed in moderate doses or moderate amounts. It's not full of pesticides. There are monitoring systems in the United States through the United States Department of Agriculture, internationally uh, through RASIF, that test and monitor these things. And if they find some batch of a given food that has pesticides in it, they pull it off the market and they cite the uh, country or the manufacturer of origin. So these things are monitored. There's another myth that soy is anti-nutritional. It's not. Soy does contain something called a trypsin inhibitor, which is completely inactivated when the soybeans are cooked. So as long as you're not eating raw soybeans, this is not a worry. So that's a quick hit on some of the soybean myths. I probably spent more time on it than the others. But it is an important one because a lot of the rumors about soy that you might hear are simply not true. When in doubt, if you hear some of these things, be very careful about what you read on the Internet and who is writing it. What I would recommend is that if you have a question you're unsure about, you reach out to your local university extension agent and see what scientific information they can relay to you. They will have access to peer-reviewed papers, again, if you can't find them or you're not sure what they mean online, and they can help talk you through what's real and what's not. So I'd like to thank you for listening to our latest rendition of Feed Myths and Busting Feed Myths this November 2023, if you're listening later. Thank you for coming back and listening retroactively. If there are topics you'd like to hear, reach out, equine equinenutritionphd at yahoo.com be happy to cover a topic that you are interested in hearing. In the meantime, we're going to continue with our Feed Myths series through November, and I hope that you learned something new, and maybe even learned something new that you thought was true, but found out that it really wasn't. Why not? It's sort of interesting when you learn something new like that. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, and share if you found this content interesting. I look forward to having you here next time. Thanks so much, and happy riding. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Farm to Stable, a science-based equine nutrition podcast. Please share and subscribe if you found the content interesting. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear about, send it to equinenutritionphd at yahoo.com.